Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We're thankfully not on the road anymore. We're back from London and Paris, and we're here in our own home. And you know what a wise man once said, Linda, or maybe it was a wise woman, there's two good things about traveling. One is going to see something, and two is coming home. Right. It's great <laughs> to be here. We are up in the Park City area, and it is gorgeous up here. It is breathtaking. Every morning is just glorious. Yeah. Looking out at that autumn foliage. Don't you think fall, I guess for us for so many years, Fall was kind of our new year because it's the start of a school year and it's when everything changes and everything kind of, you know, it, it, it's just a much more natural new year for parents with children in their home than January 1st is. And it was the time we always set our school year goals and tried to sort of settle into a, a new pattern, a new structure, a new discipline for our family and tried to get the kids back in control <laughs> no, as we though never we ever had them we in control no. <laughs> yeah so how are you feeling how are you feeling about autumn i love it it's a gorgeous season it's your birthday month um which will lead us in a little bit to what we're going to talk about today yeah well, birthdays are so fun <laughs> except for Man, they just keep coming and keep coming, <laughs> keep coming. We're gonna, we're gonna. The theme today is too many birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll we'll get to that. But it is interesting that I don't know. I guess if you could take, a, there's probably been a poll. We should have researched it, but I bet the two favorite months across the board. There, a lot of people like summer. A lot of people like winter. There'd be a lot of, a lot of people voting for different months. What's your favorite month? Think about that for a minute. I'm guessing that April and October would be the two winners. But it just happens that my birthday is October and yours is April. So <laughs> how do we get so lucky? I don't know. We are lucky. But it is really great to be back and to be back with our kids and our grandkids and having some interesting experiences, as as are you. Each day is a new story, right? Yeah, so here's kind of a segue into the three-letter lesson that we want to get into today. Um, time, no one quite understands it, but everyone agrees that the older you get, the faster time passes. And it's just sort of obvious to all of us. I mean, remember when you were a child and a year from one Christmas to another was an eternity. Oh, for ever and 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 now the darn uh, every other day you know a week has passed and a lot of people say how how does that why is that and how do i slow time down we all want to slow time down well not all of us some some people want to speed time up to get through a crisis or to get through a hard time but for what it's worth it's routine. We think it's routine that that starts to speed time up, and and breaking that routine, getting out of your comfort zone. And there's so many different ways to do that. Obviously, is is sort of what slows time down. And when you travel, I mean, we we've been gone. We were only gone 
just a little over two weeks, 15 or 16 days, but it seemed like two months and not, not in the negative sense of the word. It's just that we were, we were doing so many different things, new things and new places. And, and the days seemed longer. They did seem really long. And of course we're in different new places and experiencing new things. It was, it really is quite amazing how time changes when you move move your location. I mean, literally, I I remember my dad years ago saying, don't you remember, don't you remember this? Don't you remember so-and-so and so-and-so? And And my mom from the other room say, Roy, he died before (laughs) she was born. Um, (laughs) uh, It really is amazing how time flies as you get older and and slows down when you change your location yeah and so really what the three-letter lesson i always feel like i need a brief explanation because we we have new listeners every week on the podcast and a couple of times at least one or two times a month on our weekly podcast we do something called three-letter lessons and it's a book we're working on we're always working on some book and whether this one will ever make it to the publisher is questionable but but we love the idea of having certain little words in your mind that sort of mold how you think or how you respond or what your character is becoming i mean benjamin franklin had certain words that he would focus on one every week to try to change who he was or improve his character and and we we just like it seems to us that there's certain little three letter words that can take on a whole glow of of meaning and and uh, can begin to subconsciously mold how we think and who we are and and so this is actually i counted them earlier honey this is number 16 this is the or 17 this is the 17th three letter lesson we've done and many of you have listened to a lot of them but today as we sort of hinted as we moved into this <laughs> the word is age a g e and that's a, a, a powerful little word because it means so many things. And, and I think what we ought to do is start out by saying, what what does that word mean? And does it mean different things in different cultures? Well, and different things in different ages. Yeah. You know, as a child, age means something entirely different than for us who are older. Yeah. Um, but age is an interesting word, too contemplate some parts of the world respect age uh much more than others and and i might as well go the full spectrum some parts of the world shun age and and resist age and fight against age and disrespect age and unfortunately i think this country is on that end of the spectrum we you know we do everything to to prevent age to stop ourselves from looking old to you know we have a little work done we 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 do a lot of we we push we it back we no no <laughs> we resist it we 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 strive to you know we we worship youth in this country to maybe a greater degree than we should and strive to look young when we're not young anymore and maybe that's okay i mean who was it that said you you must rage and fight against age and push it back as far as you can uh, but in many parts of the world, particularly Asia 
and and uh, yeah, some parts of Latin America, and even some parts of Europe, age is respected and revered and deferred to. Deferred to, in fact, a, a lot in um, some cultures that we have been in. It's amazing um, how the mother of the family the grandma. becomes the grandmother, and then she oh, is yeah. the the queen. I mean, she's in charge. You do whatever. And especially these families that are living in several generations in one under one household. There are a lot of people, but the person that everyone defers to is the queen, the grandmother. And it's kind of like it is in our house. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I defer to you. Not at all. (laughs) But I remember so many of those young mothers when we were talking to them saying, well, how do we have control of our own families? Yeah. Uh, when we have our elders who are telling us what we have to do, yeah, which yeah, is that's, really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, giving a parenting lecture in some parts of the world is really tricky because, you know, full-grown women and men, to uh, fathers and mothers of teenagers and so on, are like, I don't, I, I'm not really in charge of my kids. It's my parents who are. It's the elders. Yeah. The elders. Think about that word, the elders. Right. You know? It is really pretty amazing. And that's the first time I had to pause and think, oh, what do you do in that case? That is so fascinating. Not that we're advocating that. I'm glad we're not in charge. (laughs) These families were really pretty amazing. But I remember one big family in Saudi who were decided that they were going to move out. They had several children and they were get, they were remodeling their house. So everybody was scattering for a year or two. And, yeah. and this mother and father were so looking forward to being on their own and doing their own thing for a while. And I'm not sure they ever went back, but it is really interesting how age is perceived in different cultures. Yeah. And, and the more important part we think, and what we want to try to get to today in the podcast is, how you as an individual handle age, not only your own age, your own aging process, but the aging process of your parents. We know that most, uh, there, there are a lot of grandparents who listen to Ayers on the Road, but there are also uh, a, a large number of parents and, and, and many of us, we, well, let's, we all have someone in our family where age is it either an issue or, you know, it's a, a factor that we should weigh into many of the things we do. And the other question, especially for those of us who are aging, and I, I mean, that, the point is we're all aging. Everyone is aging. That, that's the one constant. We're all, we're all aging. But those of us who are starting to feel the age a little bit <laughs> have to make a very important decision, and that is how we're going to how we're going to live with that, how we're going to react to it, what our attitude is going to be. And we love mentioning a good friend of ours, a country doctor up in Idaho, who once pointed out to us that you only you only grow old once in all of eternity. And that's <laughs> true. Um, and it is an exciting time, too. I mean, life changes for you, the re- responsibility with children, goes on to the parents uh, in most cases, but they're, you know, <laughs> we're always happy to have those grandchildren around. And it really is an amazing thing as we 
age slowly. We we age day by day, you know. Yeah. And it, and then suddenly you look back and think, where did that time go? Oh my goodness. Um, for sometimes we're grateful that time goes. You know, yeah. I'm, yeah. I wake up when I wake up in the morning. I think, oh my goodness, our darling children have been up for. A long time getting kids ready for school, getting kids practicing, you know, since the crack of dawn. And uh, it's great to be able to sleep a little bit in the mornings, sometimes if you can. <laughs> well, and speaking a little philosophically, I, I guess, uh, you know, if you're a Christian, if you're, if you're a religious person in general, you probably believe that there are many births during the course of your eternity. I mean, we're... We, we are born when we're literally born. We're born when we're baptized. Uh, a lot of Christians feel they're born again at a certain time when they f feel an epiphany or a conversion. Um, we're a lot of people say the real death is really a birth in the sense that you're, you're reborn into a new world, a new life. And many believe, including us, that that we lived before this life as well, and that there was a birth there. So, so there's there's four or five different births in eternity, but only one, uh, one, one aging. It's only one time do we grow old, and and it's such an interesting thing to think about because the experience can be so powerful and so learning. You. you a lot of people we respect essentially say, you know, my goal is that as I decline physically, which is inevitable, although we can we can take care of our bodies, these temporary bodies we have, but the the beauty is, can I be growing and improving and advancing spiritually even as I'm slowly declining. Well, and mentally, yeah, yeah, mentally, there yeah. are a lot of ways we can get bigger, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Our crystallizing brains as we age uh, in the next segment. We're so, going to take a little break, but I, I wanted to throw one more thing. And we asked a big group of grandparents the other day how many, if they could, would go back and be 25 again, and there was less than 2% of that whole group said I would go back and be young again. Yeah, but one woman said, I would do that if I could know what I know now and take it back. <laughs> right. And that's the difference. So hang on, we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Okay, we're back on Ayers on the Road. We're talking about the three-letter lesson, age, A-G-E. And we kind of cir circled the circumference of the word in the first half. And now we're going to try to talk about some real lessons of, of aging. And, and, and we're trying to talk today primarily to grandparents, but not really, because all of us have a parent or all of us are involved in some way with someone who is in the, the latter stages of life. And well, the question is, how do you, how do we look at it? How do we view it? Well, everybody's aging, no matter who they are. Yeah, everybody even listening our three-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Linda, tell about the book that we found. We've got, Oh, do we ever have a key? Because we were at a friend's house, and there on the coffee table was this book 
with this wonderful title, The Joys of Aging. The Joys of Growing Older. The Joys of Growing Older. What a book. Yeah, and it really had so many uh, things on the front, you know, this endorsements, is a spectacular and endorsements and how the exciting time of life was coming. And I, and this was at a book club. <laughs> oh, that's right. My You're friend had this on her coffee table and it was so interesting because, um, you couldn't wait to get I your just hands on it. Wait, were, just on the front and back were just all these glowing things. And then we opened the book and all the pages were blank. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. It was a nice hardcover book. Someone's idea of a joke, you know. Uh, well, the joys of growing older. And there I'm, aren't any. They were obviously <laughs> selling that book too. I mean, when you think about all of the trouble that we take to write a book, and it's probably it's selling probably for the seller. same amount. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's totally empty. But it really is. Um, that that kind of was startling. Like, well, what I thought was interesting, Linda, is your friend. I think it was that very day, right? You were you're with these friends of right. yours, and and you took issue with that, and you sat around and said, "No, this is not a blank. But it is. There are joys of growing older, and let's list them." And you spent, if I remember right, you spent some time, and all of you said what what the joys were. So many of them about um, having different relationships with their kids as adults, and having time to do what you want to and be able to really develop relationships, really appreciating what you know and where you have come from. Um, so many good things and, and taking care of yourself finally after taking care of the children all those years. And yeah. there was a long list about 25 things of things that we really, really loved about growing old. And we are really into this right now because we're doing as we've mentioned on the podcast a couple of times we're doing a course a zoom course on grandparenting and you know we, we've got access to some data and when you really pull people who are in who are you know not not that old because there are more and more grandparents who are in their 40s believe it or not and there's so many grandparents who anticipate being a grandparent for 40 or years or more. And when you poll people who have grandchildren and ask them what the, what the best thing is about getting a little older, the number one answer is always my grandkids. I mean, that's such a delight to so many people. And more and more grandparents are starting to, I guess the word is proactive. They're, they're not content to just Absolutely. say, well, I'm a grandma and I'm a grandpa. And occasionally uh, I see my grandkids. They want to be involved and they want to be part of the team that raises these children. And it's a beautiful thing. It really is. It's so interesting to think about um, how you kind of glide into those ages. But um, there are so many things to appreciate about getting older. And there are so many things to um, ponder. We, we do have a book, a new book that we really like called From Strength to Strength. Yeah, Arthur Brooks. Arthur Brooks, who is telling us, and we may have mentioned this in an earlier show, but um, it, he's telling us that what happens in our brain is as we get older, we may be forgetting some things, but we also start crystallizing. Our minds are crystallizing the knowledge that we have through all of our experience that we've experienced during our younger lives. That is crystallizing our brain. We Obviously, we've gone through a lot of hard times. We've done a lot of hard things. We've done a lot of fun things and exciting things. We have learned so much 
while we have been going through this process. And now this is crystallizing in our brains and crystallizing. I don't know if I love that word. It sounds like. <laughs> sounds like fossilizing. <laughs> <laughs> it does. But what, what it means obviously is that you have, your brain has all these wonderful things in it that you could only accumulate because of age. And then you can pass that on to other people, to the kids, to giving advice and all those things that happen as you get older. Yeah, it's an interesting theory he has that he says, you know, there's two kinds of intelligence, basically. And obviously, this is a, an attempt to simplify things. But fluid intelligence is the thing that we have when we're younger and we can multitask and we can do lots of things. Memorize and, and learn lots of things. things yeah. And, and that does, no question about it, begin to fade as we age. But it is replaced by this other kind of intelligence, which is the connected kind that has put things together and can actually bring about results and so on. And he makes a you know, number of observations. He thinks that we, you know, we live in a time when we're also interested in diversity and when, you know, companies, for example, are under pressure to be sure that they have diversity among their employees and, and universities have even, uh, you know, to, to, to look very hard at trying to be diverse. And, and of course, that's part of education is having representation from a lot of different groups. But we usually think of diversity as racial diversity and, you know, geographic diversity and a lot of other kinds. But we don't often think about it in terms of um, age diversity. And, and one of the things Arthur Brooks says is that all companies ought to have they ought to have people on their senior management team who are over 70, who who have this sort of crystallized intelligence and can bring it to bear. And we think it's interesting to think about that in terms of families, too, how a three-generation family where the grandparents are involved as well as the parents and and helping the children and the children are have a relationship with, with both their parents and their grandparents there's a power there and a kind of completeness that really doesn't exist uh, when it's just a what we call a nuclear family which is what we usually think of families in this country just parents and, and children and maybe there's grandparents but they're far removed or live in a different place now it's not like asia or certain parts of the world where three generations often live together in the same home but but still to think of a family as three generations and to, you know, have that diversity and have that we, we ran across a quote the other day that uh, generations or genes often skip a generation. And maybe that's why grandparents and children can sometimes have such, you know, maybe that's why there's such an appeal and such a natural connection. That is interesting. I wonder if that's true. I keep, you know, they used to say that twins skip a generation. And um, my grandmother had twins, so I thought for sure I would get twins. Yeah. But I did not. But two of our daughters, our oldest and our youngest, both got twins. So maybe it skipped an extra generation <laughs> yeah. in that case. But well, You know, our church does uh, occasionally something where the the older people in that congregation and the adolescents get together for a meal and sit together. And, and the interaction between an octogenarian and a 13-year-old is really fascinating. Yeah. 
because they learn from each other they they see from each other's perspective and so on yeah it is just always so fun to be with grandchildren and different ages are different i think teenagers are really fun young adults are extremely fun to talk to because they have a different um a different look on life and and married kids you know, as you go yeah, by, yeah. grandkids are so fascinating because they are figuring out life for the first time, really, on their own. It really is so fascinating to see how uh, aging affects each age of our grandchildren. And we're giving a lot of challenges in to, to grandparents in this grandparenting course, this Zoom course that we're doing. And one of the ones we talked about just, just last week, we had we have a monthly Zoom seminar, and we had one um, actually earlier this week. And uh, one of the challenges was to have a regular, maybe even as as often as monthly, meeting between parents and grandparents. If you if you live close enough that you can do this, or do it on Zoom if you if you live more distant, but have this. We call it a meeting, but really it ought to be something fun. It ought to be a dinner together. It ought to be going to a restaurant, parents and grandparents, and where you're focusing in the meeting on the children. What what can we do? The grandparents are saying, essentially, look, you parents are the stewards over these children, and we acknowledge that, and we're not going to come in and tell you how to do your job as parents because you're the ones that really know your children, but we want to be a support mechanism. What can we help on? What would you like our help on? And we've even got a questionnaire that we use to where, where the, 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 the children can say, here's where I would like your help. And, and, you know, the parents can say to the grandparents, here's where I would like your help and here's where I wouldn't. And that kind of discussion. And so the, the, the parents are saying, you know, here's where you could help us and support us in our parenting. And the grandparents are saying, yes, we'll do that, but you're in charge. And what we've found is that when parents and grandparents have that meeting on a regular basis, with the kids, with the the children or grandchildren as the subject matter, it's quite remarkable how the brainstorming and the thinking, what does this child need? Where is this child in, in how are they doing academically? We sometimes suggest they have a five-facet review and take each child and say, how's, how's Jimmy doing physically? How's he doing mentally? How's he doing emotionally? How's he doing socially? How's he doing spiritually? And discuss that, parents and grandparents. The kids aren't there. This is the kids are the subject of the conversation, but it's the parents and grandparents. And then, well, who could work on that? Who could help? Who could do that? How can we do it? That's a wonderful teamwork approach to parenting. And what happened on the Zoom call the other night is we were getting chats coming back in on the computer. And it was really gratifying how many had had very positive experiences doing that. Right. And there were also one or two who saying, my children are not, they're not happy to do that. And we are kind of estranged. Yeah. And we've, we found a fascinating uh, article 
about that that we should put in the show notes when we should put a link to it yeah. in the show notes. Well, if you are estranged to your children, because it's an uh, article that, from a therapist who is fabulous at getting back together with and, and feels that there are as many as 20% of parents, older parents, who are estranged from at least one of their children so it's right. you know and we, we may want to do a show on that because not that not that everyone not, it's not just for those who are estranged but what are the things that happen that lead up to complete breakdown of relationships right. within a family it happens and we have to realize there is the real world of that broken relationships well so time running time is flying speaking it, of the passage of time yeah exactly <laughs> But um, we are still doing this. I mean, we're in the process of the Zoom, uh, the Zoom calls once a month. The next one is the 14th of, of November. If you're listening and you want to join, you are welcome to join. Yep. Just go to grandparenting101.com and learn about this course. But again, we're not just talking to grandparents today. We want to suggest that you parents find a way to meaningfully involve your parents, the grandparents in the lives of your children. And it'll be a little different for each family. And I think this lesson of age is something we should all think about because whatever age you are, having an attitude of positive growth at all ages is so critical to happiness. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today. It's always such a pleasure, and we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.